book of Luke, chapter number 18, just for a springboard, a place to start. We're preaching on, on, uh, throughout the month, year, week, uh, millennium, whenever. We're preaching on prayer. And uh, uh, the Bible says in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, look at what it says, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. You found it there? Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. And the Bible said, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Probably more likely, if you're not praying, you're fainting. And probably more likely, if you're fainting, you're not praying. Because our Lord said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Not only is it a privilege to pray. I love to pray. I really do. You say, preacher, don't take much work to pray. Well, I can tell you hadn't prayed much then. Uh, it don't take much to say fee fi fo fum I smell the blood of somebody else and go on and, and uh, watch him racial profile jokes. I can't tell him anymore. But men are always to pray. It's not only a privilege to pray, it's an obligation to pray. Jesus said men ought to do it. So it, it would be good for all of us if we took our Lord's admonishment and begin to pray. And I asked you the question last week, why should I pray? And the first point last week is because God said so. Amen. If the boss says to pray, we ought to pray. That's the reason I pray. My wife said, you need to pray. So I pray on a regular boss. Boss said to pray. Not only should we pray because the Lord told us to pray, we should pray because that is God's way for Christians to get things. Any folk have any things? God's interest is a lot cheaper than the bank. His terms are so much more uh, helpful than the banks. And God does not repossess things you pray for. The bank does. So when I got saved, I came under a different economy than I had before I got saved. When I was a child of the devil, I did things the way the devil crowd done them. But when I got saved and become a child of God, I began to do and conform to God's plans. And before I got saved, I got junk by working for it, trading for it, conniving for it. I might even stoke my... Those cats just jumped off in cars and jumped on mine. Let's go on. I can't help it because I walked by a car and my arm hung on a spotlight. And boy, I was always, for some reason or another, forgetting to roll the windows up in the drive-in theaters. See, before I got saved, I got things the way unsaved folk got them. When I got saved, there's a tra great transition took place in my life. I could no longer get things the way I used to get things. And I moved under a different economy. And that economy was, God said, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. 
Ask and it shall be given unto you. And so I moved on to another economy. And now the Bible says I ought to pray because that's God's way of God's children getting things. See, I started this church about 28 years ago. My wife and I were so broke we needed a, a, a cosigner to pay cash. That's a God's truth. I had no salary, no income. And the only thing we could do was pray. And we prayed. And God began to send people. And I prayed. And some of those people left. <laughs> I prayed and some more came. I prayed and some more left. And I've been praying for 29 years now, on 30 years now. And folk just keep coming. And land just keeps being available. And we just buy it. And we just ask God for buildings and ask God for finances and ask God for more missionaries and ask God for more staff and ask God for more teachers and ask God for more and for more because that's God's way of giving Christians things. And, fellow, if you married, you married someone who likes things. That's why my wife married me, things. The Bible said, if a man get a wife, he gets to say, good, let's go on, please, and, and we'll not get in trouble there. All right. So, why should you and I pray as the child of God? Number one, God told us to. Without a doubt, God said men ought always to pray. Number two, we ought to pray because that's God's avenue by which he gives us things. I've been praying for a good coon dog for 50 years. I have not got one yet. And God has given me many of them to keep me praying. <laughs> Amen. Let me help you now. Why should we pray? Look in your Bible, John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And I'd like to just read you one verse. John chapter 16, why should we pray? God said to. Why should we pray? That is God's avenue by which he gives us things. Why should we pray? Verse 24, hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. The biggest detriment to Christianity is long-faced, down in the mouth. Nobody's got it as tough as I do. Kind of Christian. Most Christians I know walk into church and look like they ate ground glass for breakfast and had a steady dose of gunpowder before they walked in the front door so that the first guy they shake hands with, they blow up in their face. The biggest hindrance to Christianity are down in the mouth. I got it so bad. I don't know how I'm going to make it kind of Christian. 
Billy Sunday, professional baseball player turned evangelist, said that most Christians have just enough religion to make them miserable. And if you are miserable, your religion leaks. That's what he said. I didn't say that. So you get mad at Billy Sunday. He'd been dead for seven years, so he won't mind. Let's try something, okay? On three, let's do this. Come on now. It really will not break your jaw. Honest, it will not. And, and I, I think if you get happy during the service, you can pat your foot inside your shoe. Nobody will know. Amen. You know, it takes less muscles to smile than does to frown. Some of you folks are working too hard. You're not going to smile, are you? You're going to show me, aren't you? When the Wills family used to sing here, they used to sing a song. I'm going to sit right here and grieve the Holy Spirit. I shall not be moved. Hitherto, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Anybody that's full of joy, everybody can recognize it. Full is just before running over. Full is just before somebody's standing up and saying, praise God. Full is just before the shout. Full is just before the amen. That your joy may be, what's the word? Now, if you have your Bible, just look in your Bible across the page back to John chapter number 15. And let me read you another verse, please, if you would, please. Why should I pray? Because I want to be full of joy. Everybody's full of something. And your wife probably told you what you're full of right before you came to church. But that's beside the point. Come on. That your joy may be full. Why should I pray? God told me to. Why should I pray? That's God's avenue by which I get thanked. Why should I pray? I want to be full of joy. Notice, if you would please, John chapter 15, verse 11. These things, these things, have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Isn't it amazing what I find in the Bible sometimes? My joy remain in you. Joy, that compelling quality of life that transcends the events and disasters of this life. Joy that is noticeable in troubles and trials and situations. Joy that lingers when everything else is gone. 
Joy is not happiness, and happiness is not joy. In the jailhouse, after a beating, after a flogging, after being stuck in stocks and thrown into the deepest part of the prison, in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, with lacerated backs, isolating temperature and fever, cold and damp at midnight, the Bible said they sang and prayed and sang praises unto God. Joy is not happiness. Joy is that divine quality that transcends all of this junk we're going through. Well, I ain't going to be happy till Obama's out of the White House. Well, you wasn't probably happy before he went in. <laughs> well, I ain't going to be happy until Trump is somewhere. Happiness is not joy. In the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, the word for joy means to leap or to spin around with pleasure. When they went and retrieved the Ark of the Covenant and brought it back, the Bible said that David the king was out in front of the Ark of the Covenant praising God, jumping and playing music and singing. He had joy unspeakable and full of glory. Boy, we don't see much of that around the Baptist church. If we do, it's undercover. We keep it under wraps. We're hunters. It's camouflaged. Why, if somebody were to jump up and shout, 15 people have a heart attack. That's why we got defibrillators all over the church to keep Baptists from having a heart attack in case somebody gets happy and enjoys the service. Have we learned how to... It really is not hard. You say, my teeth is crooked. That's not your problem. It's deeper than teeth. The Greek word for joy is gladness. Bliss. Celebration. The English word in the dictionary is just a good feeling. I like feeling good. But what's the difference between happiness and joy? Happiness is determined by what's going on around you. Your happiness is contingent upon this world. If things make you happy, we ought to be happy, happy, happy. Amen? I'd be hard-stricken to go through the parking lot to find a car without cruise control. I'd be strapped trying to find in one of your ladies' kitchen, not a dishwasher. Don't they call them automatic? Happiness is determined by what's going on around you. Joy is determined by what's going on in you. Happiness 
is the fruit of this world. And as long as it's going like we want it, we're happy, 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 happy. <laughs> happy, happy. But if someone spits in our post office, <laughs> our world is wrecked. Happy is determined by everything around by this world. Joy is what's happening in us. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Huh? For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, meekness, happiness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. I'm not talking about how to get you happy. I ain't got enough money to keep you that way. And God knows whatever you got to make you happy, he's going to have to give you some more tomorrow to keep you happy. But joy, comes from within. It's fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Thank God happiness is what's happening to me and joy is what's happening in me. <laughs> Notice James 15, 11, we read, my joy your joy. My joy remain in you that your joy might be what? You don't get joy from this world. You get joy from another world. That's why so many folks is walking around with their bottom lip dragging the sidewalk. Professing to be saved, yet hesitant to yield to the Holy Spirit of God to make them feel and act like they're saved. Benedict Arnold are never Benedict Arnolds are never happy. Compromisers always looking for someone. Who knows they're straddling the fence? Let me read you something just in case you get out of here without learning anything. Psalm 16, verse 11. Why should I pray? Have you looked in the mirror lately? Why should I pray? How's things going at the house between you and Mama? Why should I pray? Got any teenagers? Why should I pray? Developed tooth and mouth disease lately, have you? 
Why should I pray? You should pray because it's there you find fullness of joy. Notice, if you would please, Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11. My Bible says, and I hope yours does too, that will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of what? At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Where do you find joy? In the presence of God. How do you get there? You follow his path. What happens when you get there? Pleasures. Can anybody stand the path, presence, and pleasures? The Bible talks about rivers of pleasures are to those who call upon the Lord. Psalms 37. Rivers of pleasures. Continual running, not stagnated water, bless your heart, like religion, but rivers of pleasures flowing continually. And all you and I have got to do is go into the presence of God, follow the path of prayer, and there you'll find fullness of joy in the presence of God. Man, I thought that was better and you folk reacted. I, I really thought I stumbled up on something this morning. <laughs> that went over like a pregnant pole vaulter. You know what's wrong? You folk, and many of us, have given in to the joy stealers. You don't have the joy that God wants. I can't get you to smile. Now, if I had enough money and you thought you could buy some happiness with, you might smile temporarily. Read, you can't smile here as you can't smile here. Let me talk to you for just a minute. And some of you are not going to like it. So don't call me this afternoon. I'll be watching a golf game. I ain't got time to mess with you. Just get right with God. Okay? Don't call me this evening and say you were talking to me. Yes, I'm talking to you. You, yes, you. You stand there with your nose on your face. I'm talking to you. Let me tell you what's happened to our church. It's what happened to churches all over the country. And what's happening to Christians who've been saved and don't feel that. Joy stealer number one. Unrealized expectations. Didn't turn out like I thought it would. Didn't turn out like I was planting wood. It's God's will. I don't know why it didn't turn out like it did. Unsatisfied expectations. Well, I thought if I married her, she'd cook every day. And I thought if I married him, at least he'd pick up his dirty sock. And I wanted kids, not teenagers. I wanted that little bundle of joy, that soft-feeling thing that walks around and said, Dad, Dad, you're the greatest thing in the world. Not, you old man, 
Can I borrow the wheels tonight? I want to take this chick out I met down at the car show. <laughs> Unexpected. Come on. Say amen. Say amen. Yes, sir. Your kid is a sinner. Now, whether you believe it or not, your kid is a sinner. And they're not always right down at Joshua Christian Academy. We must have hired the dumbest teachers in the world. They're always wrong. Your parents go down and jump on teachers. I can't even afford a decent wage. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. If you know a better school, a better teacher, put your kid in there. And get your kid out of our class and quit bothering our teachers. How's that grab you? You say, well, you can't have a school like that. Let's try it. Walk around here with your tongue hanging out. Now listen, I want to help you a little bit. Why did I decide not to have any more showers at the Joshua Baptist Church? Now we had one yesterday, but I don't even know what showed up. Don't know who showed up. Don't even know if anybody showed up. But the reason I said we're not having any more showers is because one person may have a hundred show up, and the next person may have five show up. And just so happened the person who had five showed up was there seeing the hundred showed up. And guess what? We have an offended church member because everybody in the church don't know them and didn't come to their shower. Could have an amen. That's why. It's not because we don't want you spitting on the floor. It's because we do not want you to have an unsatisfied expectation. Because when you do that, your joy runs out the door. Is that all right? Why should we pray? Because every one of us are living with unsatisfied expectations. If you don't believe me, just ask my wife. She showed me a list this morning. Filled up a legal pad. And I said, honey, I'll try to do better tomorrow. But all of us, I don't care who it is, are living with unsatisfied expectations. And that is the greatest joy stealer you'll ever have in your life. And I refuse to let anybody stand between me and my Lord. Booker T. Washington said, Hating an individual is like burning down the house to get rid of rats. I refuse, flat out refuse, to let any of this world's expectation rob me of the joy that Jesus gives by being saved. Why should I pray? Hitherto, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Now you get that right. 
We'll have more folk trying to get into this church. We won't have seats to, uh, for them to sit in. Because they walk in and you see a smile on your face and think that you've got something that's real, that they've been looking for in Hattie Call, blue ribbon, slits, fall flat, and get up again. They'll find it in this church in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we can't house them all because your joy will be real. Why should I pray? Well, to get rid of unsatisfied expectations. Now buckle your seat. Number two, unresolved conflicts. I ain't sitting on that side of the church. They're sitting over there. I'm not going down that hall. That's the hall they go out of. All because they love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Until somebody disagrees with me. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You bet. You bet. Take your medicine. You bet. I'll get mad. See any concern in that eye? I'll whoop you. You can't. See, I ain't mad at nobody. Where'd your smile go? Where'd your leap go? Where'd your jump go? Where'd your kindness go? Well, I don't need to pray. Yeah, you need to pray. If you're mad at me right now, you need to pray. Because I'm not preaching to make you mad. I'm preaching to try to make you glad. And you need to quit worrying about what's going on all around you and start being concerned about what's going on in you. The Holy Spirit produces joy. My joy remain in you, that your joy may be full. Yeah, we need to pray. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for ourselves. We need to pray for that one we don't want to pray for. And don't pray God would kill them. Pray that God would change you. Amen. We need to pray. You think the Lord didn't know what he's saying when he said men ought always to pray and not to do what? Faint. We're all that way. We're all built the same way. We all have tried, do we not? But we all have boundaries, how far you can come before I get mad at you. We all have those. But Jesus didn't have those. Now, we're living under a different economy now than we were before we got saved. We're living a, a different lifestyle now that we got saved. We're living a life that is godly, like Jesus lived. And when they reviled him, he what? Reviled not again. When they spit on him, he did not spit back. And when they plucked his beard, he said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Well, they know not what they do. Am I biblical or what? Do I have problems with this? Yes, I do. 
on a daily basis. But I refuse to let any man force me so low that I should lose my relation and fellowship with Almighty God. My joy is so much more important than somebody else's ego. Why should I pray? Because God said so. Why should I pray? Because that's God's avenue by which I get things. Why should I pray? That's how I keep my joy. Amen. We've got men this week have has gone through absolutely all tribulation beyond all measure. Just trying to live for God. I'm talking about losing thousands of dollars this week just to serve God. And they've got smiles on their face today. they got smiles on their face because their joy does not depend on what's going on around them. It depends on what's going on in them. unsatisfied expectations, unresolved conflicts, and unconfessed sin. There goes our joy. Amen. The Bible said if we confess our sins, it's 12 o'clock, I'm done. If we confess our sins, I think that's 12 o'clock. It's 12 o'clock. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us all of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. What sin do you have in your life that's worth the joy of Jesus Christ in your heart? Listen, 1 John 1 and verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is the light, then we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. What a wonderful Savior we have. He wants us to have joy. No place does he say we'll be happy all the time. But he does say that he wants his joy to remain in us that our joy may be what? Have you ever been full? I mean, just so full of joy. So full of joy that it just bubbles up. Because whatever you're full of will bubble up. (laughs) Some of you said, mine ain't boiling, mine is stewing. Build a bridge and get over it. 
the work of God and the calling of God and the purpose of God are so much bigger than our little egos. Well, I'm right. You're the only guy I know that's ever been right all the time. Let me tell you who's right. Jesus said, I am the truth. The life and the way. He's right. The Bible's right. Why should I pray? Well, after today's sermon, for divine protection. Why should I pray after today's sermons? Make sure I got a job next week. Why should I pray? Because I need it. Why should I pray? I like conversing with my Heavenly Father. Why should I pray? He told me to. Why should I pray? Because I like things. And that's God's way of giving me things. Why should I pray? I like having joy. Unspeakable, full of glory. If you read the book of Philippians, you'll find four chapters. If you read the book of Philippians, you'll find that Paul is teaching that church that the devil will do everything in the world he can to steal your joy. If the devil can steal your joy, he stole your testimony. If the devil can steal your joy, he's caused havoc in the home. If the devil can steal your joy, you're no longer effective for the Lord Jesus Christ. If the devil can steal your joy as a roaring lion as he is roaming about, he has devoured all the good that you can do. If your joy is gone. Four chapters. Paul is teaching that church there's four things, four avenues by which the devil will try to steal your joy. He'll use circumstances. He'll use things. He'll use worry. And he'll use people to steal your joy. And I don't know how many times Paul is writing now from the prison in Rome, probably looking out the window at the huge Roman soldier sharpening the axe that's going to decapitate him there in Rome for preaching the gospel. Not less than five times Paul tells that church rejoice in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Rejoice forevermore. See, when you've got joy, you can rejoice. Even if things are not going right, you can rejoice.